2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hey, good afternoon. Welcome back to the program. Did you just join us? Where were you at 1205? That's when we start. Every Saturday here, Food One and Fun for Years with Good Life Guy. My guest today has put together such an entertaining book. If you've ever looked at a Chinese menu and wondered just, you know, what's the history, mystery, and lore behind it? Uh, Chinese menu, the history, myths, and legends behind your favorite food. It's uh, beautifully illustrated by my guest and has everything you can think of when it comes to chef specials. Grace, tell us a little bit about one of my favorites, Kung Pao Chicken.
0: Oh, that's one of my favorites, too. Now, Kung Pao chicken is actually just an English transliteration of the Chinese word gongbao, and gongbao means palace guardian. Uh, That is kind of like, um, and it was an honorific that they gave a special person named Ding Bao Zhen. Now, uh, gongbao is kind of like your highness, you know, or like uh, your honor or your majesty or something like that. So that's why it's called gongbao, because the common person wouldn't call Ding Bao Zhen his name. They would call him gongbao. So the story goes that uh Gong Ding Bao when he was a child was saved by uh, a, a young boy who who when he was uh when they were swimming and uh he but after he was saved by this young boy he's they he said to him I will always remember you. Don't, I will never forget you. And the boy was like sure sure no problem. And uh they both grew up and he became the the the, the boy became a chef. Uh, the boy that saved him, became a chef, and Ding Bao Then became Gong Bao, the palace guardian. And being the palace guardian, he was given a, um, a, the rule of the Sichuan province during the Qing dynasty. And before he went off to, the, to rule his province, he stopped by at his old savior's place and said, I'm, I just want to say goodbye and thank you for saving me so long ago. And his old savior said, well, you have to have something to eat, and served him some special chicken that he made just for him. Now, Ding Baateng loved this chicken so much. They said... I can't be without this chicken. You must come with me. And so he brought this chef, who had saved him so many years ago as a boy, uh, to his palace in Sichuan province, and it became the special chicken that only he served, only that only that was given at his palace, and that's why it was called Kung Pao chicken, and later here in the United States, Kung Pao chicken. Mm,
1: it's so interesting. Um, uh, chicken's one of my favorite things. uh, uh in any Chinese menu, uh, we won't talk about it because it's long, and uh, I don't. I want to talk about Mushu pork, but beggar's chicken. If I ever go, oh yes, if I ever get to a fancy restaurant, an Asian restaurant, maybe in San Francisco in Chinatown, I'm gonna have to see if they do beggar's chicken. That's a great story. But
0: yes, I, yeah,
1: I, I like everything about Mushu pork, and yes, sometimes I get Mushu chicken, but Mushu pork is the original iteration. Tell us about that story.
0: Okay, so um, at the end of the Qing Dynasty, um, the the I guess you know, the, the palace was very, very before the Qing Dynasty was very, very secluded. They never really. Um, The uh, the people who worked at the palace, all the workers, the Imperials, they never dealt with the common folk. They're very separated. But at the end of the Qing Dynasty, regulations started loosening, and a lot of the Imperial servants uh, snuck out to try some of the commoners' food. Uh, Now, when they went to go try the commoners' food, which they did enjoy— they were very horrified at some of the names the commoners gave their food, uh, some the, because some of them were slang, some of them were a little uh, vulgar, and some of <laughs> them were, were, were not quite up to the, um, the I guess, the respectability of, of the imperial servants. Uh, so one such food was Uh, Mushu mushu pork Um, We are not sure What it was called Before they called it Mushu pork But it is known that when The palace servants went out To try, went out and were offered this the first time they were offered it, they were repulsed by the name. And f- slowly, or quickly, actually, the vendors realized they needed to give this food a different name. So they called it Mushu, which um, which is like the Mushy Flowers, uh, which is what we call Osmanthus Flowers. So they said, oh, the little bits of eggs, they're just like Osmanthus Flowers, really. And so, uh, that's what, and so they named it after the Osmanthus Flowers, just so it would be more acceptable to these imperial servants. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. And I, I can just smell it. And yes, I like to roll mine up in the little pancake that uh, makes it like a little burrito. But, um, you know, we got enough time. Let's, uh, I think everybody knows about, uh, no, let's do it chop suey. Uh, it, I think oh. <laughs> that's such an interesting story about how a creative chef turned uh, what would have been garbage, leftover bits and pieces into <laughs> something important.
0: Yes. Okay. So this this is a legend that they think is probably not true, but um but I like to think maybe it is. So during the gold rush, a lot of Chinese immigrants came to the United States thinking they would find a mountain of gold. Many immigrants from all of all all countries came trying thinking they would come and find gold. Unfortunately, by the time they got here, all the gold was gone and many Chinese immigrants did not even have the money to get back home. And so they had to eat out a living here in the United States. And what they did, many of them, was to open Chinese restaurants. Now, there was a lot of violence and a lot of racism against the Chinese immigrants. So they had to they were very careful. And the story goes that uh, one night as one night uh, after a chinese restaurant tour had closed his restaurant a group of drunk european miners came and demanded food and like i said the chinese immigrants knew they had to be careful and it was not going to enrage a group of drunk miners so when he they offered when they demanded food he said okay sure no problem brought them in and ran to his kitchen but he realized that he had no ingredients to cook them anything. And he went through his cupboards. He went through all his boxes until finally he realized the only thing he had was in his scrap box. So it was basically his garbage, right? And so he ended up cooking that and serving it to, to these drunk miners. Now the drunk miners loved it and they asked him what it was and the chef knowing that they would not know what he meant or what he said he said it was chop suey which means odd scraps in his chinese dialect
1: (laughs) oh that's so cool well we've all had it and and we all love it and uh, there's so many other good stories under chef specials Uh, peking duck is a great story and of course when you get a properly prepared piece or if you're really hungry or sharing it with your wife, get a half of a Peking duck with crispy skin. Mm. And and then when you read the story about it, it's, it's just so cool. My son would love the beef and broccoli story because that's pretty much all he eats at an Asian restaurant. Uh, but there's just so much. Uh, I, I think what you've done here is something really interesting when it comes to uh, an Americanized ethnic cuisine. And you've taken... Uh, the mystery out of and added some humor to what a Chinese menu can look like. And I, I think that's a great deal. We uh, we talked about dessert. We talked about orange slices. I, I remember also that the ice cream was really, really creamy ice cream, the best quality you could get. <laughs> and I would break up my fortune cookie over the top of that. So I had crunchy and cold and creamy and all at once. And the book is cool, and then at the bottom of the page in the in the index, I just saw something when uh, I flipping back and forth. Uh, I said there was no, not really. It's not a recipe book, but an uh, author's notes section on page two fifty six. It leads to on two sixty my mother's scallion pancake recipe. Yes,
0: there is one recipe.
1: <laughs> See, and and if you've ever made scallion pancakes or had them you would think oh, i don't know if i could make that but looking at the recipe it looks like anybody could do that (laughs) what a treat
0: it's a a fun yeah you might take a little time because it's kind of like a a lot of rolling and 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 um pressing but it's not difficult
1: no a lot of time is beggar's chicken what a great story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Grace, it's been such a pleasure having you as my guest today. I appreciate all the time you spent with us. Sorry to invade your weekend. And I wish you best of luck with book sales. You've got a great PR agent, by the way. Uh, and <laughs> we're going to give away a copy of the book. If, uh,
0: awesome. Goes,
1: yeah, she said it was okay to do that. And uh, I'll bid you farewell, tell you thank you very much. And uh, look forward to talking to you in the future. You got another any food-related books coming up? <laughs>
0: uh, not that I know of yet, but I'll let you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> more, more of mom's recipes. That'd be good. Well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Thanks <laughs> Thank a lot. Thank you very much. Cheers. Okay, so uh, you want a copy of the book, and you do. It's called Chinese Menu, the History Myths, Legends Behind Your Favorite Foods by my guest grace lynn call now you know the drill 316-869-1330 caller number five max will take down your info and the publicist or publisher will send you a copy of chinese menu you're gonna love it it's gonna make you want to go to great wall or your favorite asian food quick break and we'll be back with the wine of the week don't run off